Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Creative Source. This is the podcast about creativity for the creative in you, no matter where you are on the journey. Now, you know, people come to this podcast having just started out in their career, or maybe they're stuck with something, or they're looking for inspiration, might be returning to the arts. Maybe you're thinking of giving it up completely and um, trying something completely new doesn't matter where you are on the journey this is the podcast for you we talk about everything related to being a creative not just the process but some of the things that surround it as well um we had a few episodes about money talk about time and managing your time the first episode was about rejection (laughs) so it's about not getting the chance to be creative but it's hopefully providing new ways to see these things so that things that maybe you thought of negatively previously you can have a different relationship with them so if you're joining for the first time or you're a listener coming back you are so so welcome So first up, just want to shout out as always to my Patreon and ACAST supporters. Thank you so much for um, just supporting the podcast with your money. (laughs) I don't know any other way to say it. It's so appreciated. Um, And it goes towards producing the podcast, obviously, but I guess because it's so simple to produce a podcast, I guess sometimes um, people also think that it's inexpensive and and whilst it's you know it's not like creating a tele program it's not free so everything you contribute um, makes a huge difference and if you are getting value from this podcast and you feel like you're you're in a position where you can offer support then um if, if you check out the show notes then there's 
links to either the Patreon page where you can become like a regular subscriber and there's cool perks that you get as part of that, including a monthly Ask Me Anything where you can join me for a conversation essentially about creativity. Or if that's um, not your thing right now, um, there's also Acast uh, where you can make a one-off contribution and there's also a link in the show notes. (laughs) All right. This week, the conversation is about being a hyphenate. Now, I spent quite a bit of time in the States and also I learned a lot about the business of creativity in the States. So there's some terms that I've, I'm using that I realise actually they're American terms. And I think um, describing a creative as a hyphenate is one of those things. So basically a hyphenate obviously is the, the little dash that you put in between words to link them together or whatever. And in the States, they use it to describe a, for example, dancer, stroke, actor, stroke, writer, stroke, producer. So basically a person who does a lot of different things, maybe in the UK, we might um, say multi-talented. I'm going to keep using hyphenate because it's, it's an umbrella term and I've explained what I mean by it now. So, so we're all, we're all on the same page, hyphenate sheet, hyphenate paper. Um, (laughs) Anyways, so look, the first thing to say about this, because um, there were, you, you guys sent in a lot of comments and the theme was the kind of the same is how do you do it? I can't do it. It's hard to manage that type of thing. So let's start off by saying there's no right or wrong way to be a creative. There's no rule, law or whatever out there that says that you have to have multiple disciplines. Some people are really, really happy being just that one thing, being just a writer, being just a a poet or whatever it may be. Uh, Anyway, we're going to get into the different reasons why um, people might want to have that broader spectrum of um, crafts that they work in. But just to reiterate, there is no right and wrong. You ultimately have to do you, do what suits you, do what works for you, do what lights you up. So let's talk about why some creatives might become hyphenate creatives. So I think the most practical reason that people would look at including different disciplines in what they offer as a creative is is money. Well, first off, the first place is that like you might be transitioning from a day job. Now, your day job may be something like sort of adjacent to creativity. So connected, but not completely being a creative. So for example, when I was working in TV post-production, I was not in a creative role. I was in a role that sort of facilitated other people's creativity. And I kept that day job going while I was doing my kind of part-time acting training uh, because I needed the money. So that can be the first place in which you become a sort of hyphenate. It's not quite what we're talking about, but it is to a degree because switching from just doing your day job to pursuing your passion, your creative passion is quite a big deal. And sometimes the two have to go in tandem for a while before you're able to let the day job go and just stick with the creative pursuits. Uh, By the way, some people actually enjoy having the day job. Some people may not be wanting to go full time with their creative thing. So again, there's no right or wrong. There's no must do this or must do that. It's just like that's um, one of the first spaces in which you can start to become like hyphenated, like there's there's more than one thing that you're offering. Another reason why one might become 
hyphenated talent is because one um, craft or one discipline doesn't offer enough money. It doesn't provide um, enough sustenance for you to be able to live off. So you just think to yourself, all right, what else can I do that will allow me to, to generate the income that I want to while still being a creative? Because you, you know, if you do want to do this as your full-time thing, then sometimes the thing that you start out and the, where the real passion is, isn't the thing that provides. What am I talking about? Okay. So like when I started out, I started out as an actor and <laughs> well, I was a hyphenate bartender, um, <laughs> tequila girl, receptionist. But when I did start doing create, when creativity did start paying my wages, my full sort of living costs or whatever, it wasn't only from acting. Um, I was picking up a little bit of writing here and there. I was doing um, theatre and education classes. So I was teaching in schools or running workshops. I was doing promotions work. I don't know. Well, it's a, it's a stretch to call that <laughs> being creative. Uh, if anyone has ever done promotion stuff, ooh, that is, there's some stories there, right? Um, I was, yeah, so obviously I was acting. And then it got to the point in my career where I was spending more time on a reception desk, I had to go back to reception work and I wasn't auditioning very much. And I thought, how can I get some creative control? How can I still have access to expressing myself creatively? And I thought, ah, I will do stand up. Funny enough, actually, someone, um, I don't know, I must have misunderstood because I was under the impression that you got paid right from the beginning from when you did your first gig. So I was like, yeah, that would be great. 50 quid a go, you know, if I could, can do two or three gigs a night. Having never done any stand up, not even knowing really at this point whether I was funny or not. But the point is, is that um, ultimately that did end up providing or subsidizing the income that I was getting from acting and from writing and the TIE thing, the theater and education. I was doing corporate role play at one point where, you know, you, um, so say for example, a hospital wants people to come in and pretend to be patients for a training day or something. <laughs> Just run. There are so many random things that creatives um, can end up doing all in pursuit of trying to, you know, realize their dreams ultimately. Yeah. So that's another reason it, that you can end up generating this kind of hyphenated career is because one income stream isn't going to provide you with the living costs you need. Another is that you're still trying to find a way to create your creative success. And the example that I always think of that gives me some reassurance, actually, is I remember listening to an interview that Leslie Jones did. Leslie Jones is a stalwart of Saturday Night Live. She was in the reimagined Ghostbusters movie. She's been in so many things. She was just in the recent um, Coming to America sequel. And she said that when she was starting out in comedy, she tried a bunch of different things. Now, I don't know what those things are, but I should imagine, that obviously, that stand up would have been one of them. She would have been auditioning for stuff as well, but she probably did a load of other things just to try and find your uh, a way in. And sometimes that's just the way it is. The reason I'm pausing actually is because I got a, uh, a listener comment that I think is really pertinent to this. It's from Dan Cash and he says, don't over hyphenate. If you bring too much, people don't understand what you're offering and assume you're a generalist tinkerer punch up your specialism you love most if you don't want to get stuck with something you can do but don't enjoy and then he says in brackets sulking from personal experience I think that's meant to be speaking 
<laughs> I think that's like autocorrect doing a number on that. Now, there's a couple of things. I'm going to come back to Dan's point about um, working on a, your specialism. Um, I'm going to address that later on. But I think Dan makes a really good point about basically getting stuck doing something you're competent with, but you don't enjoy. And I think that's really, I can't really um, advise or su- suggest anything in that front because it's a really difficult territory where you tried something to be able to facilitate something else. And now you're stuck doing this thing. <laughs> and the issue with that is that, especially if you're not enjoying it, is that if you're seen doing that thing well, then you start to get other offers to do that thing also. So for me, um, this happened when I was just starting out with acting and I was working in children's theatre quite a lot. I think that's probably one of the access points, the easiest access points um, when you're starting out is working in children's theatre. But the problem for me was that it generated more children's theatre work. And it's not that there's, I'm not, I don't want to invalidate children's theatre because it's really beautiful and some really great work has been done in that field. And I was lucky enough to work with um, a theatre company that was, worked for Unicorn. And, you know, at the time anyways, they were one of the, one of the best. However, there are some limit limitations to that. So one of the limitations that didn't really work for me was the fact that obviously because it's for children, all the shows are on during the day. Well, if they're on during the day, you can't go to auditions or sometimes it can be tricky to organize auditions. Also, uh, you're not necessarily going to get reviewed by the broadsheets and stuff like that if you're in a children's theatre show. So it, it's own ecosystem that's quite difficult to um, get out of. And so for me, it didn't it didn't really work. So Dan's absolutely right. You have to be careful what areas you get into in the process of trying to create your success because you may end up getting stuck there. And then lastly, just one other thing to add as well is that even when you do create the success that you want, it just may not provide the income that you would like. It may not be sustaining in that way. And in particular, I, I'm just thinking of um, something that um, Bernadine Evaristo said uh, once. I was in a, a Q&A that she was doing and she described the career of an author as a portfolio career. And it hadn't occurred to me because I'm doing other things. So I'm not really hyper focused on what the income of a, an author is. Obviously, I'm aware of how much money I, I, I can generate through that. But because it's not my only income, I wasn't concerned that it was actually quite low. It's surprisingly low. And so as an example, being uh, an author means that you have to have what she described as this portfolio career. Other things, a lot of authors are also journalists. Um, out of necessity, sometimes they teach. Bernadine Evaristo is a, is a professor. So there's a multitude of reasons why we have to consider other income streams, consider other disciplines, consider bringing in other crafts to our portfolio, just for, for a multitude of reasons, for survival, for, for um, to, to find our creative success, to find our path, to figure out what exactly what it is that we want. Having said that, though, it can also be about creative control. There's a lot of uh, successful actors, for example, who also produce their work. There's a lot of writers who then go on to direct because they've got themselves to sufficient standing in their field where they're given the opportunity to do that. 
or they might exec produce on something. I mean, I'm just talking in, this is now obviously in the world of television and film. In your world, there could be um, an equivalent as well, where where an artist isn't just one thing. They take on other roles, other creative roles, so that they can have some control over their original creation, their original IP. So you look at, in, in the world of TV and film, you look at people like Issa Rae, Michaela Cole, Tom Cruise as well. I think he sort of writes a theme tune, sings a theme tune. They do a lot across the board. And then that not only gives them um, creative control, but obviously that comes with the financial um, reward as well. And it also helps to create almost a form of branding in some respects. The only thing to bear in mind, I guess, with um, a situation where you may be taking on multiple roles within a project is to make sure that one doesn't compromise another. Let's put it like that. My example is David Oyelowo, who is a British actor who um, you would have seen in many, many projects, most notably probably playing Martin Luther King in Selma. He has recently directed a project called um, The Waterman. Now, I think his original intention was to just produce this through his production company, um, Yoruba Saxon, with his wife. But in the end, the, the director that they had in place dropped out. And so he stepped into the directing role. Now, he'd worked with Angelina Jolie on a, another project and she had advised him, please make sure that when you're directing, that you don't forget about your own performance. Because that's one of the things that can happen if you take on multiple roles within a project is that the one one of the one of the roles becomes compromised. Maybe you're so caught up and tied up with um, what happens in pre-production, i.e. producing the thing, getting the money in, getting the right, casting the right actors that will be performing around you, getting your director in place or not your director because you'll be directing it. But you know what I mean? Like getting all the constituent parts in place that you actually forget that as an actor, you would have normally been spending all that time preparing your performance. So it's really important if you do take on multiple roles uh, within a project that you don't allow yourself to be compromised. I had a similar thing, not on the same scale, obviously, but I made a a comedy horror short for Sky Arts and um, I wrote it and exec produced it as well as starring in it as twins. (laughs) So always looking to make uh, (laughs) life a little bit harder for myself. And I noticed uh, that actually I have to start to work, forget about, or not forget about, but delegate some of the other responsibilities so that I can focus on creating two characters, not just one, but two characters. Because otherwise, all that people see on screen is an underdeveloped character. Doesn't matter how much effort and good work I put in on the producing side, if I haven't delivered in terms of the most creative part of what I'm going to do, i.e. the performance, then it's all been for nothing. So it's really important to remember that. But it does give you that creative control. It creates your brand and it gives you a way to open up and allow your project to be about more than just you. Because obviously, if you're doing all these things, you're now collaborating, you're bringing in a team, you're hiring other people. And like I've said many times before, if your creativity does not involve or if your dreams don't involve other people, then they're not big enough. So this is a big dream when you start to take on that big role. It feels like doing a land grab of all the great jobs on the on the on the project. But actually, by taking on all these bigger roles, your your project is also bringing in lots of other people. 
So, guys, as well as the little uh, Patreon community we got going on, there's also now the Facebook group. Hurrah! I've finally done it. So, the link to the Facebook group is in the show notes. It's called the Creative Source Network, or just Creative Source Network, no the. Um, it's called Creative Source Network. And there we uh, let's figure out, let's make it, let's let it be organic in terms of what it's gonna be. But I think it's just gonna be a kind of place where folks can network if you um wanna con- make contact with various um other uh, creative people around the world if you want support, advice. Um I'm gonna be there. I might do um a, a sort of QA every now and again. Obviously I want to keep my Patreon patrons Q&A or ask me anything that's for them but I could do another sort of more general one every now and again on the Facebook group as well so head on over check it um the the link in the show notes and just um yeah join the group and we'll just see what it becomes and if you do want to support the podcast as always as I mentioned the link to Patreon and Acast is in the show notes Hello, I'm Jason Manford, and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osher. Now, I've been skirting around the issue of really the real reason why we become hyphenates. The big reason or the main reason. It's because it's our authentic creative expression. That's really what it's about. For real. Because... This is my theory is that creativity or creative energy is abundant. It's infinite. We we are surrounded by it. And in us, it has found its outlet. Through us, it gets to be expressed. And it's our unique life experiences, view of the world, whatever you want to call it, that gives it its unique expression. That's where that we coming through us gives it its form. But there's no reason to say that it can only take one form through us. There's no reason to say that that, you know, abundant creative energy can come through us and must come out only in one shape, can come out in multiple different ways. And I think this is why so many creatives love trying different things. And it's not about necessarily always excelling in that field, but just about experiencing Even if you're not a painter, just putting some colors on a canvas or on a piece of paper or taking chalk to a pavement or something can just be so um, heart opening, really, just joyful. And it's really only perception, or should I say it's only a perception that artists should only be one thing. And I had a really visceral experience of that. This is so random, but like, I remember being a kid and some of y'all won't remember, but Bruce Willis used to have a singing career. (laughs) Well, he had, he had one album, I think, (laughs) or maybe he's still doing it. I don't know, but there was one album that did very, very well. And he was number one. He did a cover of Under the Boardwalk. And I just remember him performing, watching him perform. And I think he was like number one for ages with this under the boardwalk cover and um, being really confused. And I remember in my brain thinking, but he's an actor. Now, isn't that what a lot of people do when they look at creatives who show up in another creative space? What's Lady Gaga doing in a film? She's a singer. Do you know what I mean? Or, or what's so-and-so doing there? They're, they're a dancer. But they are channeling a creative energy and it 
wants to come out in many, many forms. Again, another example, and these are just ones that are viscerally stuck with me, but I remember um, discovering that Dennis Hopper was a keen photographer. And again, I had that, huh? But he's an actor. And, but that really broke it open for me because I was like, oh, of course, it's just creativity expressing itself. It's just creativity coming through us. It doesn't have to be one form. And in fact, one of the reasons that I stopped doing stand-up was I realized that there were other forms that I wanted to express my creativity. I felt limited by that and I felt limited by people's perceptions of me. Now, obviously, people's perceptions of me is not really my business. That's that I, I can't let that dictate what my life looks like. But one of many reasons that I stepped back from stand-up was that I felt like there was more I wanted to express and that particular area didn't allow for that full expression. So obviously I had to find the space that worked best for me for that. So whilst, um, for example, Dan said earlier about working on a speciality, it's not quite as simple as that. I mean, I would agree, yes, that it is good to perfect and hone a craft, but I would caution against this thought of stay in your lane, which, you know, Dan might not be saying, I'm not saying that's what Dan's getting at, but generally, you know, that thought of like, you're a this, stick to that. You're an actor, stick to that. Why are you trying blah, blah, blah? It's because my friend, this is this is how we can all answer now. It's because the abundant and infinite creative energy is flowing through me. So back off. <laughs> that is what it is. And so there's no need. I don't need to limit myself. None of us need to limit ourselves to one thing. We can be all things. We can be as many things as we want. There's no need to stay in your lane. But listen, don't take my word for it. Here is some mm, creative source from the wonderful Kelechi Okafor. I embrace being a multi-hyphenate artist. It's important in this day and age that we show up with all of ourselves. Gone are the days where we could only be defined as one thing. I'm an actor, a writer, director, podcaster. Uh, I have my own pole dance studio. All of these are very, very important aspects of my personhood and of my creativity. And I think that they lend themselves to each other. And, you know, we need to be able to see more of this in the industry. We can't be scared of people being multifaceted and multi-talented. It's important that we celebrate these things and not get stumped on, oh, so is there just a one one thing I can call you? Yeah, I guess the one thing you can call me is great. Absolutely great. More of us should be saying that. More of us should be saying that and embracing that. <laughs> I love that. Yes, more of us should be saying that. I want you to message me after you have listened to this episode and tell me how great you are for being a multi-hyphenate, multi-hyphenate even, um, not just hyphenate, but multi-hyphenate talent. Yes, you're great for doing that. And by the way, if you're not doing that, guess what? You're also great. Um, that was Kalechi Okafor, who, um, yeah, she she just gave such great wise words. Um, she speaks truth to power always. So check out her podcast. 
It's called Say Your Mind. She, she's also a journalist. And let me tell you, her uh, Instagram is, it should be a ch- TV channel in its own right. There's, she just puts so much content out. Food for thought always. Um, K- Kolechnikov uh, is her um, IG handle, but I'll put a link in the show notes. So um, what she said is absolutely right. You are great and more people should be celebrating their hyphenatedness. Why not? But listen, it's not necessarily as easy as that and people aren't necessarily in that space. So here are some of your listener comments that came in. So Earl says, I struggle to focus on more than one thing at a time. I've always felt that um, when coaching, it took far too much focus away from acting. So coaching had to go. Um, And, you know, Earl is a really experienced rugby coach. He's been coaching for a really long time, but he's also a really great actor. And I totally get that. I kind of felt like that at my one attempt at running a stand up gig. I realized that it took so much effort and energy that it was actually taking away from my actual stand up. So I decided that running a gig was never going to be my thing. Gwyneth says, um, for me, it's very difficult to find a career path because I have so many different interests and skills. I'm working on a totally different project every two months. It's exhausting. And just one other um, comment that I just wanted to share is Sarah D says, it's an ongoing problem ever since I was asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, she says she's recently discovered she's a multi-potentialite. She has a multi-potentialite brain. I'm going to have to look that up and find out what that means. But basically, I think what it means is she learns fast. She gets a t-shirt, then moves on. But acting has given her so many lives that she never gets bored. <laughs> well, that's one way of being hyphenate is like being an actor and just taking on all these different roles. But um, I just want to go back to a couple of the points that, um, that were made there in that being a hyphener or taking on multiple things, it has to be managed in a particular way. Otherwise, it actually won't work. And so let's talk about that. Let's talk about what happens when it doesn't work or how to bring in balance so that it doesn't become exhausting. This is something that I've heard from quite a few artists that they actually find they want to do multiple things, but they're actually finding it exhausting. Now, listen, caveat, by the way, if you are having a multi-hyphenate life and it is working for you and you love the variety and you're really content with where everything is in your life, in, in your creative life, then great. This isn't, don't change a thing. This is really, um, I suppose this section is really to speak to those who are just feeling like they're either frustrated, they're not um, progressing in the way that they would like to, or they're just plain old exhausted. Now, one of the um, sort of realizations I had as I was preparing this episode is I realized that whilst creative energy is infinite, your actioning ability, your actioning energy is finite, it's limited. And what do I mean by actioning energy? The energy that you can put into making something real, into bringing something into fruition, uh, your time, your your money, your your resources, they're finite. So uh, there's only so much you can do in a day. So whilst you may want to be involved in all these different things, you only have a limited amount of resources to realize them. I kind of liken it to say each of the things that you want to do is like this kind of big concrete ball. Do you remember in the world's strongest man, they had to, they had these big balls that you had to sort of pick up and move from one end of the course to the other. And it was like, whoever could do it in the fastest time or whatever. Well, imagine you've got those same 
sort of, I don't know, quarter of a ton balls, however heavy they are, concrete balls that you have to move. Now, if you've only got one um, sort of discipline or craft you're working on, say you're just an actor, acting is your focus, then all your energy goes into moving that ball. And eventually one would hope that you get there, wherever there is. You start to get work, you start to succeed, you start to get called back to the same casting directors over and over again. Now, if you say to yourself, okay, I'm a writer too. Now you've got two of these balls. They're the same weight. And so therefore they need the same about amount of effort, but you, you, could, you, you can't move them both at the same time. Or if you can, like, it's going to be slower progress, right? So you move one a little bit, you move the acting a little bit, and you go back and you move the, the writing. Okay, not so bad. Oh, actually the momentum that the writing's got is helping to sort of, I don't know, I'm stretching the analogy a bit, but it's giving a bit of drag to the acting actually. And they're working side by side. Okay, fine. It's not quite the same speed of progress, but they're working side by side. Now you add in something else. Okay, but I, I, I want to create music. All right. Now you've got three balls. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to move the acting. All right, I'll move the, move the writing, move the singing. Oh, but the acting, I haven't touched that for sort of six months. Oh, I'm a bit out of practice. I don't, I'm, I'm uncomfortable in auditions. Oh, that draft that I've written, I'm supposed to go back. Do, do you see what I mean? And this is the situation that I think a lot of creatives, including myself, have got themselves into or are in now because we only have limited resources. So unless you start drafting people in to help you move these concrete boulders, everything is going to move a much slower pace. Now, in my own creative life, this is what happened. Um, I I started seeing a coach and I've I've talked about this example uh, a lot because it was such a profound life-changing moment, essentially. So I was feeling really frustrated. I had multiple boulders, literally like five or six or seven or eight. I was presenting a TV show. I was trying to act. I was still doing stand up. I, you know, I had so many, I was trying to become a vlogger. I was watching Casey Neistat and thinking, okay, yeah, maybe I can get a million subscribers and da, 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 and carry on acting and write stuff and do stand up and try and pitch shows and write a book and be in, just see, Is anything I'm saying like resonating in terms of where you might be at in your career of trying to do that and 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 it's exhausting. So I started seeing this coach and over the course of three months, I really because it's one thing to get something intellectually, but it really is another thing to get it experientially. And by that, I mean, it's in you, the, the knowledge, the, the wisdom of it is in you. And over the course of three, these three months, the wisdom that I got was that I was spread too thin. I was doing too much. And this is where, this was the source of my frustration and my exhaustion is I was trying to cover too much ground. I was trying to move too many boulders and nothing was moving because I was trying to do everything. Nothing was happening. So we basically, we did an audit of my career and he invited me to look at what I actually wanted, not just in terms of career, but personally. All right. So if that's what you want personally, what's going to get you there? Is vlogging going to get you the new home that you, (laughs) that you want to buy? I don't think so, girl. Do you know what I mean? So I was able to let go of those things and really look at what are my goals? What are my dreams? What's important to me? Get rid of the things that are not in alignment with that. Let them go. Pick the ones that are going to get you your goal and focus on those. So, you know, earlier when I was talking about this whole thing about stay in your lane, you see how it's not, it's not quite as straightforward as, 
only do one thing. Sometimes it is worth refining what it is you're doing. And that's what Dan was saying, really. Um, Punch up your specialism. This applies if you are finding yourself spread so thin that you can't make progress with anything. Because actually, when you've got multiple things, multiple things on the go like that, when you're not focusing on one thing, you're not just not working on it. I would say you're actively taking from it. You're, you're reducing it because you're coming to your, when you do come back to it, you're coming back to it depleted because you've had to spread your energy across so many different things. So this is where you have to just make some tough choices. But let me tell you one thing about those tough choices. They're not forever. You've got to remember, you can always come back to these other pursuits later. You know, say, for example, you are, you know, this this fictitious actor, writer, musician that I created. There's a lot of them about. Actually, a lot of actors like to create music. Um, but say you are that that individual and you decide, OK, mm, the music is actually the thing that is more of a hobby or it's not moving as fast as I would like it to. If you let that go maybe for a few months, maybe for a year, you can come back to it. It's not gone forever, but the energy that you were putting into making that work can now go into your acting and writing or crazy days. You could let the writing go too. It's your call about A, what's important, but also maybe look at where where's the least resistance. Because if you feel like, oh, wow, actually loads of producers are circling around my music this could go at some point. Maybe it's actually the acting and the writing that needs to, or could be parked. And the, the music is the thing that might get, might move you forward. But obviously remember that thing uh, that uh, Dan was saying about, you know, uh, not getting caught up in doing something that you end up not enjoying. So you can always come back to that thing later. The other thing as well is that if you do just stick to one or two particular disciplines, if you succeed or if you excel in those areas, get a name for yourself, it can facilitate you making a lateral step into one of the other disciplines that you were interested in. Like um, an example would be take Regina King, for example, who is a fantastic director, but she was originally an amazing actor. That's how we came to know her doing great things in uh, things like If Bill Street Could Talk and Jerry Jerry Maguire. This is, I think Jerry Maguire was the first time I was ever aware of her and I just loved her almost more than the lead characters. Uh, she played um, Rod Tidwell's wife, Marcy. But anyway, point is, is that she now is a director. Now, had she started her career as a director, she might not have been at the place that she is now directing Oscar worthy movies. But because of her outstanding acting career, she was able to make a lateral step. She had access to um, people in the industry that would be able to support her in this journey. She already knew a load of great actors. She was very well versed in how the whole industry worked. She was a skilled storyteller through her acting already. So she was able to make a sideways step at the same level, you guys. So actually focusing on that one or two, what those one or two key crafts can mean that when you bring in the other ones, you can go in at a higher level. 
My little example of that is um, when I had a brief stint into presenting because of my stand up career, I, I would say, and the work that I'd already done being a contributor on TV shows and stuff like that. When Super Shoppers came a knocking, I didn't have to start at some elementary level with presenting. I went in peak time channel four uh, on a show that went on to uh, win a Scottish BAFTA, if you don't mind. So if I had started out as a presenter, I would have had to start it at the ground level and work my way up. But because of my work elsewhere, I was able to make that lateral step. So I'm saying all this to say that letting go of some things for a moment can be advantageous for everything you're trying to do because trying to juggle so many things. Now, some of you are not going to like hearing this, but trying to juggle a bunch of different things could be a form of procrastination. It could be you getting in your own way. It could be your fear of success. It could be your fear of letting go. So when you take a moment to really look at the landscape of your career, question what's important, what are your goals, what are your dreams, what are you doing, what are the the things that you're involved in that are going to get you there, what's in your way, what are your fears, it may reveal something about why this multidimensional career that you have is not satisfying for you. The thing is about creativity, like I say, creativity is everywhere. Creativity is everything, but you can't do everything. All the creative things that you want to do. I want to be a writer, but I also want to be a singer and I also want to be this and I want to be. You're the space through which creativity expresses itself. But if creativity is everything, you're not going to be able to express it all. I don't want to limit you. I'm not talking about limiting yourself, stay in your lane and anything like that. But creativity, creative energy is literally everything. It is all of existence. So you're never going to be able to do everything. In fact, I would go as far as to say you should die with great ideas, unrealized projects, unfinished work, all in your life. Because... There is so much creativity out there, so much creative energy, an abundance, an overabundance. So let go of the idea in any way of feeling like you have to do it all. You do what you can. You do what speaks to you in this moment. You do what's going to give you what you want what you want to achieve in terms of your goals and your dreams. Now, if just experiencing a portfolio career is your goal, then relax into it. Allow yourself to enjoy it. You've won. However, if you have success in mind, start to name it. And then once you name it, then you'll begin to see what things you're doing is serving you and what isn't. But let me leave the last word to the wonderful Caroline Quentin, who has a few words to say on being multi-talented. I meet quite a few young women who remind me of myself when I was in my early 20s and they're not quite sure what they want to be or how they want to be perceived and I was very much the same and I realise now looking back I started work when I was 17 I'm looking back at 60 and I realise actually you're, you can be anything you can be all of those things if, if you want to be an actor, be an actor if you want to be a writer, be a writer you can be a writer and an actor you can be a singer, a writer and an actor. If you have the creative impulse in you, 
it will find lots of ways of reaching the surface. Don't limit yourself to one aspect of creativity. Allow it, give yourself time, allow it to rise to the surface and use all of it, because that's where your joy will come from without a shadow of a doubt. So apologies for the um, background noise that you would have heard there. That was um, recorded backstage at Comic Relief. And there was there was quite a few things going on. Anyways, um, that was, of course, the amazing Caroline Quentin, who you will have seen on just a bunch of amazing TV shows. Um, she was on most recently Bridgerton. Hello, girl. Um, she was in the other one, um, Doc Martin. She was in um, Jonathan Creek for ages, wasn't she? And um, Doctors, Cockroaches. She had her own show, Life of Riley. I mean, she said she's had a career that's gone from age 16 up to 60. She, if there's any advice that you should be listening to, it's this legend. And Caroline's not saying you must be multifaceted. She's just simply saying, don't limit yourself. Don't limit your idea of what you think a creative should be. Let it organically rise up in you. And if what comes is you want to do multiple things then find a way to make it work so that it gives you the success that you, whatever, whatever that looks like for you. For me, the most important thing is that you're just enjoying yourself, that you're creating in joy and that you enjoy yourself. Well, listen, guys, thank you so much, as always, for listening in again. And thank you to anyone who's downloaded and subscribed. If um, you haven't, please do that because that helps uh, also with um, the podcast too in random dashboard kind of ways. I don't completely understand. Uh, anyway, thank you to Kalechi Okafor and Caroline Quentin for your bite-sized advice. Thank you to you guys, listener comments that came in from Earl, from Gwynifer and from Dan Cash and Sarah D actually. Oh, we had four this week. Um, fancy ambassador, you're spoiling us. And also, yeah, check out the show notes for any um, links to things that I may have mentioned check out the Facebook group if you're so inclined, if you want to join a community of creatives. I'm kind of figuring it out as I go along exactly how that's going to work. And if it's okay, I'm going to shout out a couple of supporters. God, I hope you're not after being anonymous, but um, Eliza and Diana, thank you so much. Recent supporters on Acast. It's so, so lovely of you to do that. So really appreciate you. Also, thank you to Martin for the post-production on this episode, to Clydesdale Music for the theme tune, and to you, my wonderful listeners, thank you for coming back, for subscribing and downloading, and just being part of this conversation about creativity. Listen, guys, have a wonderful week, and keep creating and living in gratitude. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more.